is the Go Blue Crew. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode 120-something of the Go Blue Crew. I forget what number exactly we're on. Inching toward 130, I do know. I just can't I can't pick out an exact number. Obviously, huge news out of the Big Ten this week. We're recording this Thursday evening. Yesterday, Wednesday, the conference announced that the fall football season will happen in late October. It'll, it'll start the, the weekend of the 24th. We don't have a schedule yet. But then you know, pl- uh, individual player news started rolling out, and, and we got uh, – we're probably looking at a pretty good picture of of what uh, Michigan's quarterback situation is going to look like. There was just so much that happened in the span of one day. I was working my normal nine to five. Derek, I mean, was that what you were doing as well during this day? Yeah, it was. A, yeah, it was a day where I was maybe a little less busy than other days and a lot more distracted because it felt like new news dropped every five minutes. And I felt like I was missing it all. I would like check back on Twitter every five minutes or so and there would be some huge new development and i'd have to like scroll through the timeline and look up keywords on twitter and and try to figure out what the heck was going on but i guess what what was your reaction when we found out that uh, the big 10 football season will happen this fall so there's obviously some kind of hype surrounding this uh, maybe coming out of the weekend i believe it was uh, and i think that's something that a lot of people probably would have assumed um, even though there was a decision to not play in the fall originally what back early August I believe it was when you see college football being played uh, specifically a team like Notre Dame where there's actually even some fans in the attendance I mean that's so close to to, to Ann Arbor and East Lansing um, and a lot of the other Big Ten schools, obviously, especially the Indiana, Illinois schools. Yeah. So when you see that over the weekend, I think whether you're a fan or a player, coach, even a president of these institutions, um, kind of think, hey, you know what? That did not go so bad. And we don't know what's going to happen with any of the conferences. Um, obviously, there's things in place to, to keep people safe and some pretty strict rules and guidelines, but yeah, I was excited, and uh, I think kind of building up to it, I was hoping um, that it would be sometime in October, uh, and late October works for me. So I'm glad that uh, football, Big Ten football specifically, is looking like it's going to happen uh, with no plan to kind of take that away, and it gives us something to talk about other than, hey, look, we're sad, there's no Big Ten football. Yeah, one of the big things here, it seems like, from the Big Ten's announcement is that there will be uh, rapid daily testing uh, starting in late September. And that that was one of the big hurdles I think the conference was looking at back when they decided to postpone the, the college football season. It was just, it didn't seem like there was a good enough system in place to guarantee that if a player walks into the facility that day, they they aren't carrying the virus and won't you know, spread it to other other players and staff or whatever. And uh, a little unrelated to the topic, but I thought it was just a, a very fair point brought up by by some, and especially you know just because of, of following people in the Michigan area, and I actually follow a couple professors from Michigan. But uh, almost immediately, the point was brought up, like you know. Why is it that when the football team needs these fantastic accommodations, we can work it out pretty quickly? Uh, but 
you know, we can't get enough tests for the student body or the faculty. And there's K through 12 students all around the country, really, who are trying to, to go back to school in person. And uh, the testing capacity isn't what you would like it to be. I thought that was a very fair point. You know, when we want to move things, uh, it seems like we can definitely do it. It's just our, our priority in this case. Our, I say our, I mean, it's 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 the the, the presidents and, and the, the people in power. Um, the priority is definitely college football. I mean, there's been no doubt about that from, from the beginning. And I, so I thought that was a fair point, but I'm kind of back to where, uh, I was when we talked about this a few weeks ago, which is basically that like, I'm excited. Obviously that is my impulse. I can't not be excited, but there's still a part of me that's, that thinks it feels a little dirty, you know, like, I'm not sure if this is still like a good, decent thing to do. Um, overall though, yeah, I'm excited. And I, I think that having, having big 10 football back, uh, I mean, it's just, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. And I, even though I have a little bit of those reservations, I'm, I'm pretty happy that it's back. Uh, and it feels weird that I'm happy Michigan football back is specifically, but like my happiness entails the whole conference. I don't know if this whole pandemic has like broadened my horizons in, in terms of my, my fandom, but I feel just really happy in general that big 10 football is on its way back. Yeah, I want to revisit something from the last time we chatted. We talked about, you know, I think you had asked at the end, will you be spending you know, Saturday watching college football? And I tried. I mean, I I watched some of the Notre Dame, and I just can't stand watching games on NBC. Um, I watched some of Clemson, watched some uh, Florida State, Georgia Tech that had been um, delayed there for a while due to weather. And I kind of feel that same way, like just being excited to watch the Big Ten in general, and it's not like I, I tune into um, a lot of the other games. I might I might watch a, a Michigan State game that's either before or after. Um, oftentimes, just because I've got family members and friends who, who cheer on the Spartans and might be with them, or um, you know whatever big matchup. If it's like a Wisconsin Penn State, I might tune in for that, like that kind of stuff. But yeah, overall, I think just just as happy to see the conference make the decision for all teams as I am to watch Michigan. And I, I just think that it's it's cool to see. But what you said about the reservations, I think, uh, to touch on that, I mean, I've been feeling that same way since there may or may not be uh, a finish to the Big Ten basketball tournament. Um, there may or may not be an NCAA tournament. And it's just hard to know how excited to get and uh, where your expectations could be because, I mean, and we'll talk about it here in just a little bit, but you get hyped about someone like Joe Milton being named the starter and what that could bring. Um, you might not even see him play still in this fall because we just don't know kind of what will happen around the world, around the country, state to state, city to city. Um, like I had mentioned, some of these things set in place from the Big Ten are pretty rough. Um, there's really no room for um, – too late of a start and you I think it's 21 days if you do test positive that you have to um, at least sit out even if you're symptom free uh, what is it like five or so percent uh, that a program can get before the program has to shut it down so yeah it's hard to get too excited I guess and at the end of the day even though yesterday and most of today I've spent very excited and overthinking and analyzing everything that I can think of, whether it's who's going to come back, 
who's already gone, who can, who's going to replace who, who's going to step up, uh, what, what the young wide receivers are going to do. Um, yeah, I'm like torn in between of I couldn't be more excited for a Michigan football season ever, and am I doing the wrong thing by getting excited because this could all be quickly ripped away like it has before a couple of months ago. Before we get to who might and might not play this season, um, an eight-game conference-only schedule, and then there's the plus one, which basically is on the day of the conference championship, there will be cross-divisional games where the East number two will play the West number two, and number three will play number three, and so on, which apparently was brought up by Jim Harbaugh. uh, I think Tom Allen at IU gave credit to Jim Harbaugh for introducing that. So uh, eight games on the schedule, but then everybody will get a ninth on that conference championship uh, game day. And I saw something, I, I cannot verify this um and i couldn't find it again but i thought i saw that that the big 10 will will try to go off of the original conference schedule as much as possible and the first thing i thought of was how when the big 10 made up a new conference only schedule they corrected this years-long dilemma of michigan having to play michigan state and ohio state either at home or on the road, both uh, year after year. And so I'm just, I'm really curious to see how the schedule looks, but I'm wondering like, are are you okay if things go back to as normal as possible scheduling wise and that little glitch doesn't get fixed? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with whatever the schedule ends up being. I think that would be nice to have that to fix that. But I mean, sometimes I think, to 2021 and i know that a lot of scheduling stuff has to be in place but we've seen because of the pandemic that things are just taken away and and schedules do not matter they're thrown out the window college graduations weddings i mean whatever whatever it is things that are usually set to a schedule not following them at all and so for me i almost wonder if the 2021 season changes because of um, this eight game schedule. Cause you know, there's obviously the, the cross division games and, and only playing eight games. I mean, they're all conference games and having that unique schedule. I mean, you're, you're going to mess with things in general. So maybe schedules change moving forward um, in the conference. So yeah, I'm not too worried if they kind of flip that back again, it'd be nice to, to not have to travel both places in, in a normal season. Uh, but if that's what works out for this year's schedule, um, that's what works out. And I, and I would assume that it is going to look different. Um, everywhere you look, data's been pulled almost. Um, and now a lot of that's because there was no plan to play again until just a couple of days ago. But, um, yeah, I mean, whatever happens, happens. I would still expect to see the the big opponents on Michigan's schedule. It's not like they're not going to play Michigan state or Ohio state or those division games, but yeah, you're going to lose a couple, um, at least, at least two. And then I do like that idea of the extra game. Um, I feel like that's something that people would make fun of Jim Harbaugh for, for presenting that idea saying, <laughs> well, of course he's not going to make the championship, but yeah, I mean, whether, no matter if Michigan's in the championship running or not, I do think that's great because this season is shortened for anybody who opts to play. Um, and to get one more chance to go out there uh, and battle it out one more time, even on like uh, a quote-unquote championship day for, for two other teams, 
I think that's pretty cool. I think these kids deserve all the time they can get. I mean, obviously bulls and stuff like that are, are all unknown at this point for the most part. So if you can get that ninth game in there, I think that's probably the best way to do it. And I wouldn't be surprised if um, other conferences start to, to copy that if they have the ability to do so this late in the game. Yeah, I was going to make a joke about um, Michigan, you know, likely being locked in there at number three in the East. So they would play number three in the West, but I decided not to until you mentioned that Jim Harbaugh would get made fun of. And then the opportunity just presented itself. Um, biggest player, uh, biggest personnel news to, to come out of all this appears to be Dylan McCaffrey at least opting out of the season and then uh, some reports also of, of seeking a transfer and that would presumably make Joe Milton the starter. You can kind of make some inferences here about what this meant in terms of how the quarterback battle was going between those two. Joe Milton probably ended up with the upper hand. Uh, it's it's not surprising that one of them would transfer uh, because that seemed like a given at some point anyway. But I, I think it, it kind of just caught people by surprise that it was like an almost immediately, almost immediate opting out and looks like he's going to seek a transfer. And it's like, wow, uh, a lot of us thought Dylan McCaffrey had the upper hand in that competition going into uh, this, you know, this off season uh, during the winter and spring. But but it's likely going to be Joe Milton starting. So what did you think about that? Yeah, so I it's my turn to edit the podcast. Um, for everyone listening, we take turns, obviously, because we're, you know, that's what you do. We're good sportsmen. And if I had the time, which I don't, which is why I'm saying this, okay. I would go back and pull all of the times that I said, either in this podcast or the good old Divine Intervention podcast, back in the day, maybe even as far as, two years ago where I was um, in favor of Joe Milton over Dylan McCaffrey. If I had the time, I would edit those clips together. I would go silent right now and play it all for you. Longtime listeners will know how you feel. But I'm not going to do that because I don't have the time. I'm also a little bit lazy, especially late in the week. This is a Thursday night, big weekend coming up. So I'll just tell you that I'm excited. Um, But I do hate to see... Um, anyone transfer. I know that transferring is kind of the thing to do, um, especially if you're not the presumptive starter. Now, again, we don't know everything that's going into this equation, whether it's literally just that he, Dylan McCaffrey was named QB2, uh, decided that, you know what, I'm not going to mess around this season. I'm going to go find a new home. Looks like I'm beat. Um, people transfer, especially at the quarterback position, because of that, that's how Ohio State ends up with a Justin Fields. Um, that's how LSU ends up with a Joe Burrow. Um, it happens. I get it. Um, sad to see him go. I do think that he would have also been a good option at quarterback, but I don't know that you can find, uh, many guys built like Joe Milton, um, with a ceiling as high as Joe Milton and really just talent as raw as Joe Milton's. And so that raw part is what could hurt him and, and make things tough. And a couple of games this fall, just because he's going to make mistakes. You can see that in his limited tape, um, not knowing what to do and getting rushed, not being able to find the hole, scrambling or just you know firing a pass directly into the defender's arms. But I mean, the guy is built like Cam Newton, and if you can't get excited about his potential, then 
yeah, you haven't you haven't really taken time to to think about what he can bring at the quarterback position. Yeah, I think uh, myself and and a lot of other people just automatically thought Dylan McCaffrey was going to be the starter because after all, I mean, he was QB two ahead of Joe Milton, and even though you looked at Joe Milton and like you said, I mean, just seeing his physique, seeing his arm, you're like, holy crap. I mean, that is a dangerous weapon. It just seemed like a little bit of a, a gamble on, on our part. You know, people who, who have absolutely no idea what's going on inside the program. It seemed like a little bit of a gamble to be like, yeah, I think uh, Joe Milton's going to overtake Dylan McCaffrey. Just kind of playing it safe with, with the McCaffrey route, but absolutely right. Like I'm so excited to see Joe Milton out there. Dude's built like a tank. Uh, I, th- I think as excited as we are about his arm, rightfully so, uh, I'd like to see him get between the tackles and and see what he can do with that big body. I think that'll be fun too. I mean, that was uh, a, a, that's a great anal- or a, a, a comparison to to Cam Newton. I, I think you know he he can be dangerous in multiple ways, but that arm. I mean, that's that's going to be big for for Michigan's offense, especially with probably a younger group of receivers, which I guess we can, we could transition. I didn't mean to transition like that, but another name that kind of popped up was Nico Collins. And, and as a, as a general disclaimer, of course, this should probably just go without saying, but all of this may be irrelevant by the time you hear it. Uh, Maybe Dylan McCaffrey decides to stay. Maybe Nico Collins decides to stay and uh, you know, all this, but uh, it looks like Nico Collins may be an opt out. Another guy who's, uh, looking to go to the NFL. If that is the case, Michigan's wide receivers, talented as they are, we're not saying there's a lack of talent behind Nico Collins. Talented as they are, I mean that's a big piece to lose, and I, I do, I do worry a little bit for uh, whoever Michigan's quarterback is, assuming it's Joe Milton. But I mean that's going to be a tough task. Yeah, so I'm super bummed if Nico Collins doesn't return. But by all means, uh, if he feels like he's a, a lock pick, which he should be, he should be a uh, no later than a second rounder, in my opinion, just because, again, another guy with raw talent potential. He's shown some things on the field. He has a lot more to show. That is a big loss, especially when you've got a, a new quarterback, whether it's McCaffrey or Milton or anyone that, that could have been in that situation to lose a guy that had you know, the hype that Nico Collins has had coming into uh, his remaining season, making that decision to come back, that's tough. Um, I will say, though, I I do think that Michigan's talent at wide receiver, though a little bit concerning in terms of maybe the depth, um, and you maybe wonder who exactly is going to step up. The, the biggest thing for me, even though I think they'll be okay, because you look at a guy like a Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell was the most productive receiver. For Michigan last year would have likely been the most productive receiver uh, for Michigan this year. I don't think he would have been the big play guy like Nico Collins would have been. And again, you would have loved to see Nico Collins go off, but Ronnie Bell just seemed to be the most consistent. I think about the game against Michigan State. He was all over the field. It took him forever to score a touchdown, but he was always Mr. Reliable at the receiver position. A guy like Giles Jackson coming on, like Sanders still, you got Cornelius Johnson. I mean, there's a lot of talent there. I will say, though, the hardest part for me is there is nobody built like a Nico Collins. Just like we talked about, there's not many guys built like Joe Millen. Nico Collins is 
uh, a dominating wide receiver in terms of he's going to go up and get it over anybody, the top corner in the nation, doesn't matter. So to lose that, I think is tough because you think of that in some deep ball situations. You think about you know throwing it to the back corner of the end zone and having them go up and go get it. Not that other players on the team can't do that because they, they can, but yeah, Nico Collins was a unique presence at wide receiver. So life without him will be harder for the receiver group in general. We'll make it harder on the quarterback group, specifically Joe Milton. But man, there's a lot of young talent. And I think if we're thinking back to the whole speed and space thing, I think that Josh Gaddis has exactly who he needs to make his offense run. Um, and yeah, I think they'll be just fine. But yeah, that one hurts probably more than than anything that you could pick of someone losing, at least. Yeah, um, that that big playability to just like go up and grab the ball, no matter who's on you. Michigan will definitely miss that. Uh, unless somebody else can step up and fill that void. I mean, there, there are certainly... Uh, certainly candidates to do that i think of like perhaps cornelius johnson uh sitting at what six two six three i mean he could he could possibly fill that hole but yeah just a, a tough loss for an offense that otherwise has you know really good talent and and of course um you know if 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 Jalen mayfield does in fact continue to, to opt out and, and look toward the nfl draft that would mean michigan brings back or doesn't bring back any starters on the offensive line, which was which was pretty reliable last year. So that'll be uh, perhaps the most worrisome thing, I guess, about this team is like what what is the offensive line play going to look like with all of these guys though, who are considering their options, they're opting out, they're talking about the NFL. It, it looks like from from everything I can find, it looks like you know even if these guys go out and get an agent, let's say. Even if that happens, there is a path to come back. I think one of the things that we're kind of overlooking, though, is some of these guys aren't enrolled or may not be enrolled in school right now. And so that would be an obstacle to come back to play on the football team if, if you're not even enrolled in classes. We, we often forget these are college athletes who are like actually students in school, hence the term student athlete, you know. But uh, there, there will probably be more names added to this, not just from Michigan, but from around around the Big Ten and, and any other conference currently not playing, uh, such as the Pac-12, you know, that, that tries to come back relatively soon. There will be a lot of names floating around. We've talked before about how these guys have really heavy decisions to make, and we certainly aren't jealous that they, that they have to weigh, you know, an abbreviated college football season versus maybe getting ready for the draft versus you know just deciding hey i don't want to play because i don't think it's worth the risk so much to weigh and just because somebody said they opted out and just because they maybe signed an agent doesn't mean that's a done deal uh just because you get reports that that so-and-so is uh gone and he's packed his bags uh doesn't mean that's necessarily a done deal either so I guess my advice would be don't don't overreact to anything quite yet. Remember, we're looking at late October, the end of October, basically, before the season starts, and there are a lot of things that can change until then. Focus on the positives that that Michigan football and Big Ten football is coming back. Don't overreact to anything. 
Yeah, I mean, we're five, six weeks out from even seeing Big Ten football. There's a lot of college football that's going to be played on the weekends before that. Um, so echoing what you said, I mean, there's going to be guys that still opt out, maybe guys that try to opt back in. Um, it's going to be heavy practices, pads, training camp like. I mean, there's going to be guys that get injured, the things that usually we would be talking about when a player is not playing. Um, once in a while, you will have someone – um, make a decision late in the year. But usually around this time, the only time you lose somebody is due to injury um, for the season. So I think of a guy like Tariq Black a couple of seasons. Um, it's it's weird to to be in this situation, but you've got to hope that, you know, whatever happens on the weekends, whether it's college, NFL, just sports in general, that things continue humming along at least at a decent pace. Uh, people can stay safe, make good decisions. Um, and that goes for players, fans, everybody involved. Um, because the, I mean, the safer we stay and the more serious we take these things, uh, things like college football and the Big Ten are more likely to happen. So I'm looking forward to you know five, six weeks from now. Hope it all comes through, and I'll I'll be cheering for whoever uh, ends up taking the field. But yeah, I mean, it's great to to talk about football actually being on the horizon, football that we care about, I should say, being on the horizon once again. Yeah, we went a little longer than normal today, but I think it was well worth it. Uh, you were talking about watching other games earlier, and, and I was busy this past weekend, but I was still paying attention to games. A lot of these early games just haven't been very competitive. I think I think that's been a big issue for me. It's just it's hard to find a, like a good game with teams I don't care about. But uh, you know, the SEC is about to come back. Uh, they're they're good ACC matchups hopefully coming up. I don't think Notre Dame and Clemson play for a while, but the big 10 then, you know, coming back late October, that's, that's the prize. That's what we got our eyes on. So I'll reiterate my plea to you out there. Don't overreact to anything quite yet. I've got a long way to go and just be happy that, that a season it's, is, is on its way. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Ty underscore Fenwick. Derek is at divine identity. Thanks for listening. Go blue. Go blue.